Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that knows that if you don't make it on the Buckeye football squad, well, you can just go up north and play for Michigan. He is the captain. Welcome to Rivalry Week. Welcome to Turkey Week, you turkeys. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, tonight, and for the rest of the week, I am, and we are drinking Harvest Ale by the brilliant and hardworking people up at Founders Brewing Company. Garage grade, it is impossible not to give this beer five out of five bottle caps. Listen up, because just like Drew Barrymore used to say, it's so magical. Mm. Because each fall, thousands of wet hop cones arrive just hours after being picked by Founders' favorite local hop growers, and thus, the Harvest Ale. A bright IPA bursting with pine, melon, and citrus. Stay thirsty, my friends. And Harvest Ale was brought to us by these magical friends. First up, we have Mindy in St. Charles, Missouri. And a big we like your jib to Colleen in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, this one says get on it like a car bonnet. That is from Emma and Steve over the pond in Westcliff, Essex, UK. And staying in the UK in Edinburgh, we have Alana. Next, we have Adrian who says she loves to lash and listen and also to try Big Rock Brewery. That's from Adrian in Calgary, Canada. And we have the Gentleman Hobo from Bismarck, North Dakota on this Gentleman's Tuesday. And last but not least, we have a beer fund donation from someone going by PMT who wants to recognize the end of watch for a good man and a brave officer. This is Deputy Burbridge of the Potawatomi County Sheriff's Department in Iowa. Unfortunately, Potawatomi? He was, yeah, I hope I said that right, but unfortunately... He was killed in the line of duty earlier this year. So, of course, on this week of giving thanks, we want to thank Deputy Burbridge for his bravery and hard work for keeping families of that community safe for many, many years. And our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. All right, Captain, everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer, grab a turkey leg. 
Let's talk some true crime. Sunday, December 11th, 1994, Livonia, Michigan. A police officer is responding to the Wonderland Mall on Plymouth Road on a report of a missing four-year-old boy. Upon arrival at the mall, the officer met 25-year-old Dewana Harris. Dewana is the mother of Dewan Sims, the missing four-year-old boy. The officer immediately obtained the description of the missing child from the mother. Dewan Sims is a four-year-old African-American little boy with black hair and brown eyes. He is approximately three foot to three and a half foot tall and weighing 45 to 60 pounds. He was last seen wearing a blue winter jacket over a multicolor windbreaker jacket, dark blue sweatpants and black Fila low top tennis shoes. After receiving the description, the officer contacted Livonia Police Dispatch and reported Dewan Sims is missing. A teletype to all area law enforcement agencies was sent. The officer asked the mother to explain exactly what happened when she entered the mall in detail. Dewana says her and the little boy left the residence at approximately 1.30 p.m. She estimated that they probably arrived at the mall between 1.40 and 2 p.m. Dewan Harris stated that she parked her Ford Thunderbird in the north parking lot across from the Target and walked with her son into the mall, entering at the doors between Target and Famous Footwear. Dewana and Dewan then went to the videotape department where she told her son she did not have enough money to purchase a videotape for him. She told the boy they would go ask Dewan's grandmother for some money. Dewan's grandmother is also Dewana Harris's mother, Beverly Harris. Beverly is working part-time on the weekends at the ladies' footlocker store on the other side of the mall. Dewana told the officer that her and Dewan walked through the Target store, just looking around for maybe 20 minutes. Stating that her and the little boy left the Target store together at approximately 2.30 p.m., walking through the East Mall entry doors. Dewana said she walked next to her boy until they came to the area of the KB Toys, where she says Dewan was talking to her as he walked behind her. She asked him a question, to which he did not give an answer. Dewana Harris turned around, and just like that, her little boy Dewan was gone. Okay, she thought. He must have went to the toy store. Dewana ran to the KB toy store and looked for the little boy. She ran up and down each aisle. She did not find her son. She then checked the surrounding stores, including the food court area of the mall, but she was still unable to locate Dewan. She told the officer, I searched for him for about 30 minutes. Then she located a cleaning lady working at the mall. She tells her about her son who is missing. The cleaning woman calls the Wonderland Mall security and informs them of the situation. 
Dewana Harris, along with several security officers, searched the entire mall for approximately 90 minutes. During the search, Dewana notified her mother, Beverly, that Dewan was missing. Beverly assisted in the search. When the boy could still not be located, Beverly called the Livonia Police Department. After speaking with Dewan's mother and grandmother, the responding officer met with security officer Randy Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer told the officer he was notified about the missing boy by one of the mall's maintenance workers at approximately 3.45 p.m. At that time, Pfeiffer and four members of the mall security team searched each store and the parking lot. Along the way, they informed all or most employees of the stores of the missing subject and instructed them to contact the security office if he was found. After meeting with security officer Pfeiffer, the responding officer from LPD instructed Pfeiffer to continue the search until further notice, and he requested more LPD to the scene. An additional five officers and a sergeant on duty were dispatched and sent to the mall. Once the officers arrived at the mall, now seven of them, they met at the east end of the mall near the American Eagle store. They were given a description of the little boy along with a specific area for each to search. They searched each store, all of the hallways, the food court, the movie theater, each bathroom, and the entire parking lot surrounding the mall. They searched behind stores and alleyways, first an organized grid search, and then when they found nothing, the officers along with the security team remained on site and continued to search, triple-checking each area and location. Two of the officers asked Dewana to go with them to the Target store. There, they learned the Target store had stationary security cameras set up at each of the entry and exit doors to the store. The officers confirmed with the Target store security officer that the cameras were operating and recording during the time that Dewana Harris said she and Dewan had entered the store. The officers requested that they be allowed to view this tape in hopes that Dewan would be seen on tape leaving the store, giving the officers a better idea of the time and potentially a suspect in the case. Dewana Harris sat directly in front of the television screen and viewed the video while a police officer and security guard were present. At approximately 1.44 p.m. video footage time, Dewana stated, There I am and pointed to the video screen. Officers observed an African-American female holding the hand of a small child and exiting the store. Dewana positively stated that was her and Dewan. The officers observed the two subjects walking out of the east door of the Target and then standing directly at the threshold of the store. It appeared the female was talking to the child. At this point, Dewana said, See, I'm telling him that we cannot buy a videotape because the checkout lines are too long. As the tape ran, the woman walked further out into the mall, still inside of the video camera. Dewana said, see, yep, I remember walking out that way. Officers then observed the female with the child in the video walk south toward the main aisleway. Dewana stated, yep, there we go. The officers continued viewing the tape, but did not observe a single child or a child with an adult 
walk in the opposite direction or pass the camera. Police requested security to blow the image up to full view. In doing so, the police observed the woman that Dewana claimed to be, with the child in the video. She was wearing a brown hooded jacket and a baseball cap with a white emblem on the front. The officers observed Dewana at the present time watching the video to be wearing a black coat without a hood and no baseball cap. The officer then requested that the sergeant come and view the video with Dewana present. Again, Dewana narrated her actions as she watched the subjects on the screen go out the target doors. With the image blown up to full view, the officer pointed out to both the sergeant and Dewana the differences in the clothing between the individual on the screen and Dewana Harris. When the officers confronted Dewana with this, she sat silent for several minutes and then reconfirmed what she had previously told the officers. That's me. And then added, that's not a hood. That's my collar. When the officers again pointed out the differences in clothing, both color, hood, and ball cap, once again, Dewana sat silent for several minutes. And then she said, Oh well, I guess that's not me. The officers then sat with Dewana and viewed the surveillance footage from an hour before she said she had arrived at the store, all the way through to an hour after she said the boy went missing. At no time did the officers observe Dewana and Dewan enter the store. At no time did the officers observe Dewan on any of the video footage. The officer confiscated the surveillance footage from the Target store and asked Dewana if she would go to the police department to give a statement to the detective. She agreed to go. Four-year-old Dewan Sims was not seen on any video footage from that Sunday, December 11, 1994. He was never located that night. And after giving her statement to the detective, Dewana Harris went home that night. This is the case of Dewan Sims. This is a strange case, Captain, because we have a small boy who goes missing from the Wonderland Mall in Livonia, Michigan, back in 1994. Now, this is early December, December 11th, so we we have to put ourselves in the mindset of this mall at the time. We are in full swing of the holiday shopping season, and this case came recommended to us by several of our listeners up in the great state of Michigan. Now, we were able to track down Randy Pfeiffer, who was one of the security guards working at the Wonderland Mall in Livonia, Michigan, mm-hmm. that day that Dewan went missing. Just to give you a little bit of an idea here, Livonia, Michigan, it's about a 25 to 30 minute drive west of Detroit to give you a little idea of the location here. Yeah, and with it being Turkey Week, there's going to be a lot of people shopping on Black Friday and the malls will be packed. And this is a big fear for a lot of parents. You go shopping mm-hmm. and you turn around and your kid is gone. So let's introduce Randy, who was working as a security guard at the Wonderland Mall on December 11th, 1994. Randy, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what occurred that day? Sure. Uh, so my name is Randy Pfeiffer. Um, I grew up in uh, a small town outside of Detroit. 
And uh, on December 11, 1994, I was working as a security guard, um, a security guard in uh, Livonia, Michigan, in a mall. It was called Wonderland Mall. And uh, in the nice suburban area of Livonia, Michigan. I was going to school, and then this was uh, kind of during the summer I had taken this job and, and continued on um, into the fall and into the winter. So. so obviously during the holiday season, it's going to be a little different. Can you take us through a typical day? Um, so average day for us would be, especially during that time, you know, the mall's crowded. Uh, malls were still big back then. There was no Amazon or anything of that sort. So a uh, typical day was uh, just going in, patrolling the areas of the mall, make sure people are safe, people are doing the things that they're supposed to be doing, uh, helping shoppers find things, deterring crime, if you want to call it, uh, uh, helping out with a, typically like retail fraud type things if somebody tries stealing something, and that, that business is always up around that time of the year. you know. And then dealing with the lost children or lost child calls, uh, which we typically would get probably about uh, – probably 10 a day, maybe around that time. Um, and they would just be really quick. Uh, hey, um, can you meet so-and-so by the food court or by the arcade or something? They can't find their kid. Meet up with those people or meet them at the information booth. We, I think the longest anyone we had ever at up until that point found missing was like five, 10 minutes tops. They were always, like I said, in the arcade or in the toy store or down by the movie theater or something of that sort. Okay. And then what happened on December 11th, 1994? So on this day in particular, there was nothing, nothing out of the normal had happened. It was just a typical Sunday. Um, mall opened a little bit later on Sunday, so everything was getting going. So it was about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I got a phone call from one of our um, help people, uh, maintenance people called to say that there was a lady who had lost her child down by the Target area, which is where one of the anchor stores were. So we typically, we went down there. I talked to her for the very first time. She was physically upset, you know, crying and everything. Asked her for the normal description of her son, how old he was, what he was wearing, you know, what was the last place he saw or she saw him, and uh, kind of just let us down. We, you know, went hit the typical places, the the toy store. He was three years old, so I don't know how far he would have gotten at three years old. I didn't have, I was 18 years old at the time, so I didn't know. It wasn't around many three-year-olds, so I, now that I think about it, I was like, where would a three-year-old go and, in a mall without somebody saying something? So we checked the arcade, checked the toy store, food court, didn't see him, so we continued to walk down the mall a little bit further. And, you know, at that time, got the information out to all the other security guards out there, even in the out, uh, the trucks that were out patrolling the mall and the out parking lots and internally and over the loudspeaker. Time, Some time went by, probably about 45 minutes went by before we actually called the police. Um, I don't know if that's just, you know, I guess we just weren't in that frame of mind and we've never had anything like this happen. There was no kind of uh, timetable to to call anyone. Uh, there was no protocol behind it. So we just did our best there. So we called the police. Police showed up. Uh, they met with her. You know, we did continue to walk around the mall, went to the offices to make phone calls if anybody had, you know, I believe if, if anyone that she knew had him or, you know, had come up to the mall or anything of that sort. But kind of a typical situation for this time period. I mean, you have an average of about 10 kids that go missing per day. In this case, you have all hands on deck and you come up empty handed. We came up empty handed. So a little bit later in time, we, you know, a couple hours go by and we're in uh, the Target anchor store and the police are with her and I'm in the the uh, loss prevention area with her where all the Target's cameras are. And, and at that time, our mall only had stationary cameras. They were black and white and we only had a couple of them at the entrances. But 
we were lucky that at the interest that I met her at, there was one. So that, that, that came up a little bit later in the investigation that kind of set the framework for the time. Uh, but anyway, we were in Target and we were going through the cameras with the Livoni police and we were asking her to kind of point out where she was, where she come in at the time she came in. Um, we didn't have her and him on camera at any point in time coming in a, into the Target store or into the mall. They began to ask her questions such as, can you try and point out, uh, does anyone look like your son that was leaving any of the entrances there? She was pointing out a couple people. One of them she pointed out uh, was uh, uh, definitely uh, not somebody that would meet the description of her son. And I think at that point the the Livoni police started getting a little suspicious. They started asking asking a little bit different questions, and she was getting upset um, about that. So she started to clam up, didn't really say anything. And then right around that time, the father of the boy came in and met us there, and they weren't together, apparently. So he came in, and we were talking, and he was, you know, where is he at? Where is our son? This and that. And he was getting pretty upset about it, too, as well. From that point on, we left the Target store and continued just to till a walk around the mall trying to figure out what was going on. You know, And uh, we pretty much had every cop in Livonia at the mall at that point. That that lasted till around, I want to say, like almost 7 o'clock at night. The mall had already closed, and we were still looking. So you guys spent the majority of that day searching the mall. The mall closes at 6 p.m. on that Sunday. Several of the other stores, including the Target store, they remained open for a few hours after that. Did you only search that day for Dewan Sims? Up until then, like days after, we tore that mall apart, even that night. we It was a mall that was a little bit older, and it used to be an exterior mall where there was no covering, and they just put a roof on it, so it had all these exterior doors. So part of the thing was to search that mall top to bottom. I mean, there were stairways and basements that were drywalled over. We knocked through them to see if there was anything behind there. We had to get in every single back corridor, every single a back room and basement and and of every store that was in there. And we searched that thing top to bottom with probably about 30 people and came up empty handed. The mall wasn't the only thing that was searched. You know, they expanded that search into the areas around her home, uh, railroad tracks by her house, if I'm not mistaken, too, as well. And there's just never been a trace of, of the child found anywhere. And uh, it's just it's just sad. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. 
Head to factormeals.com slash true crime garage 50 and use code true crime garage five zero to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code true crime garage 50 at factormeals.com slash true crime garage five zero to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Happy Turkey Week. Safe travels to everybody. Cheers, Captain. We're talking with Randy. Randy, we're talking about Dewan Sims. Four-year-old Dewan Sims has gone missing. Tell me in a little more detail about when you first encountered his mother, Dewana. I mean, was it everything you expected to see? Is it the typical reaction by a parent who has lost a child? And where and how did she say that they got separated? She basically said that uh, they came to the mall, they went in the front entrance of an anchor store, which is Target, which is an exterior entrance, not directly into the mall. Uh, she, They were walking around, and she just looked down, and he was gone. Um, and then at that point, she was looking around for him and then came out to the exterior mall and got a hold of one of our maintenance people to call and ask for help to help find the boy. Yet her demeanor was exactly what I would expect from somebody who was uh, missing a child. Um, you know, she was upset and uh, gave all the all the descriptions she could of what uh, her son was wearing that day, um, how old he was, what his name was and stuff, and, and was pretty cooperative uh, at that point walking around trying to find him. So her demeanor is pretty typical of a parent that has just lost their child. And does she have any bags with her? I mean, she claims that she was in the mall shopping for a while. No, as I recall, she didn't have anything with her. Um, she still had her jacket on, and was when I met her, uh, it was just a typical quick conversation. What does he look like? Don't worry, we'll find him. Um, this isn't a big deal. I remember saying, you know, he, this is this happens all the time. This is probably like the fifth or sixth kid we've had missing. We'll find him in a couple minutes. I'm pretty sure he's probably either in the toy store or in the arcade, which was very close to that entrance, and, and uh, just was very positive about the outcome being good you know who would have thought anything different at that time so after you guys retrace Dewana's steps looking for the boy in the mall and the target store you come up empty-handed it's at this point that the police officers are going to ask Dewana to view some of the security footage with them from the target stores yeah correct so uh what had happened was is we had gone into the room there is i believe there was two Livoni police officers with us we were going through the tapes of the times that she said she entered the mall, and even a half an hour before there, if she got her times right. So we went through a ton of tape, and uh, she could never point out herself on camera or her son on camera. She, The only time she ever pointed anything out on camera was not um, her child. It was somebody who may have been walking with another kid. I think at some point she even pointed out a little girl that was with somebody. But, uh, you know, in the Livoni police started to question her more and more about time, where she was, what are the exact areas she was in 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 the store, and uh, could get nothing or no video confirmation to where she was at the at the time she said she was there. And at that time, the father showed up, and he, he was very upset, and I, he seemed upset with her, too, and I'll, I'll even go as far as saying that. He seemed upset with her about where their kid is, where their kid was. Um, and then the Livoni police um, started asking a lot of questions, like, where did you come from? You know, like, did you, what time did you get here? What did you do this morning? Things of that sort. Started to try and dig a little bit deeper into the situation. And at that point, she decided that she was 
gonna I'm not gonna say she was completely combative or not cooperative, but she started getting upset at us too and just throwing out things like, Why are you not looking for my son? you know, and then it, it just turned into her just being quiet and then walking along with the the rest of the police just answering pretty much the exact same questions uh that over and over that the police had came up for uh and, and were asking her. So now her actions kinda seem a little suspicious, but before this, was she begging for you guys to like call the police like you know, help me find my kid. And once she couldn't find the kid, did did she go, hey, call the police? No, not at all. So it was part. It, it got to be enough time to where we decided that we weren't going to be able to find the child. And and that was a whole uh, another thing that happened to us. There was uh, things that happened after this that got put in place because we didn't call the police in time. You know, we we were all under the gun about why didn't we call sooner or why didn't you know? But hey, I mean, I was 18 years old, and I think the oldest person that was working as security in the mall was probably like 23 at the time. None of us had any experience with any of these things, and and there was nothing written down about calling the police. But we eventually did and uh they came and it you know escalated greatly from there so well there's no protocol for this sort of thing because like you said you guys get reports of missing children constantly throughout the day and they're always easily located five ten minutes later at the arcade or the toy store and the food court now regarding that day was there anything that stands out to you as suspicious about Dewana's behavior? To that point, one of the one of the big things that, that came out over the years, and, and I had known for a long time, is that um, her mother worked in the mall and never cared to share that information with anyone. Her mother worked at a lady footlocker uh, that was down in the center of the mall, completely opposite end of where we were, and not once did we ever walk down there. And, and apparently she knew that her mother was working that day, but again, we never went down there uh, to, well, we went down that area, but never made contact with her mother. Um, nothing was ever said about that that I know of uh, at the time that I was with her. And her mother actually was, if I'm not mistaken, she was at the time a Wayne County Sheriff, a Sheriff's deputy for, I believe, the jail down here in Wayne County. Okay, so at this point, suspicion is turning on Dewana Harris. Mm-hmm. She's starting to look like she may know a lot more than what she has told the police by this point. But after being questioned by them and being questioned by Dewan's father, did Dewana do anything that caused you to question things that she had told you and your staff that day? Yeah, other than going quiet. No, because uh, it was just that she couldn't corroborate uh, couldn't corroborate any of the stories that she said of, with what was on film. You know, they just didn't line up, and that's actually, like I said, where the Livonia Police Department started becoming suspicious, started asking some you know follow up questions to a lot of the stuff, and I think it became less of a focus as to, you know, we need to find this child in the mall as opposed to where is this kid? We don't think he's here, um, and it wasn't until a couple of years. I think it was two thousand. Uh, seven, maybe it was right around that time that the Livonia Police Office, uh, Livonia Police Department actually finally came out and made a statement this many years later that they do not believe that 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 Dewan Sims was ever in that mall at the time that she says that he was there. They don't believe that he was ever in the mall with her, that she didn't bring him to the mall, and that he was never there. How many more interactions did you or the security staff from the mall have with the Livonia Police Department after that day? Yeah, sure. So um, I spent a couple days after in the police department working with one of the detectives, a sergeant there, um, who actually consequently was retiring at the end of the year, going through videotape. And I was telling him that, uh, you know, around a certain time that we were there, because apparently there was a discrepancy of an hour of time as to when she actually reported him and when I actually said that it had happened. And it was 
came down to that the times were wrong on the videotapes. So there was a whole hour of difference there that, that it took place. Uh, but we did finally go through the tapes where I said that exactly I was and where we met her, and we actually found the only piece of video that we have of her on camera is of her meeting me at the time I said it was in the mall entrance where we're you know, down by the, the anchor store of Target, and that was the only time she's ever been on videotape alone, or I'm sorry, um, up until that point. So just to be clear, we have no video footage of Dewana, the mother, on footage, no surveillance footage at all, and we have no surveillance footage at all of Dewana and her son, Dewan. None that I have ever seen or have been made aware of. Um, there was the other kind of, and it's not so much a theory, but there is a separate entrance to the mall that's right next to the anchor store that she could have very well walked through as well instead of even going through Target, which kind of makes more sense because Target's video never showed her on there. But just to be clear, that's not the entrance that she said that she went into. When she told your staff and when she told the Livonia Police Department, she states that she went into a different entrance, and this entrance would have had security camera footage. Correct. And there's no footage of her going in to that entrance. There's not. And that Monday after, she walked through the whole mall. There was It was pretty much like a media um, extravaganza. All the media uh, outlets were there, Channel 2, Channel 7, Channel 4, Channel 50 at the time. They were all there in the mall. We brought Dewana Harris back into the mall to retrace her steps throughout the whole day as to where she was, where she went, and all that. So... They and the Livonia police was the Livonia police was with her that whole time as well. No, I never worked security, so I'm kind of the odd man out. You did, Nick did. Yep. Um, if this, if something like this happens, you're going to remember this. You're going to carry this with you. Yeah, this is something that has stayed with you, Randy, and this is something you have carried with you for for years. Many to, to this day, right? I, I I set up a website for it. Um, I, I just want people want to know like what happened to this child, and if not, I, where he is, he has to be somewhere, and somebody has to know where he is or where he was at the time. Somebody has to know. There's somebody out there that knows this, and 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 what we've asked for is just somebody please come forward. It is enough time has passed. Please somebody say something. Since you've been following this case for so many years, and you're local to the case as well. What has happened since 1994 with this case? Yeah, so, I mean, there's been a lot of things. I mean, uh, the first five years after were just a spattering of this and that. They had um, news, uh, I believe one of the news companies hired a psychic to come in that after the house that she had lived in, they brought a psychic in to try and figure out what had happened. That ended up being nothing. Uh, There was a period of time where they found bones in a park not too far from the house that they had tested. They ended up being animal bones. There's been numerous things over the years that have happened. Every time there's a a child abduction or or something of that sort along um, that happens, it always kind of gets brought up. Everyone remembers this incident incident here in Livonia. Um, You know, you bring it up and anybody who was around that time will know it. Some of the things that seem really significant now is the fact that I'm a parent now. Like, I have two girls. And if my kid ever went missing, that would be my life's work for the rest of my life until I figured out what happened. Um, you know, I think just locally now, we, or I'm sorry, not locally, but just in the news, we hear about, uh, is it Natalie Holloway's husband or uh, father is now f- possibly found bones, remains of, her, of, of his daughter. You know, that guy never stopped. Like, the, nothing would stop me as a parent to find out where my child was if he was missing. Even even 20 years going by, I'd still want to know. Um, and 
she has, and, and I'll be as bold as saying, she's pretty much wiped him from the face of the earth. Um, you know, she's reached out to a group that I ran on Facebook uh, about leaving her alone, leave her family alone, that we're causing her undue stress, that, you know, she doesn't want to deal with this, and, you know, her her boy's gone, things of that sort. I mean, she almost, pretty soon after this happened, she moved away from the area. I find that odd because, you know, who would move away from the area that your, your child's missing from? Um, you know, she basically started a new life. I believe she has kids now and got remarried. I understand the fact that you move on with your life, but to to wipe any kind of any kind of information about a son that you had years ago, gone, you know, just completely missing from your life, that your your daughters don't know about it that you have now, it's just, it's just very odd. Uh, she commented to a newspaper um, not too long ago, many years, about five six years ago, about she about her having a picture of her son in her car and that she looks at it every single day before she goes to work. Um, you know, I, I don't know how true that is, but I know that she has nothing on her Facebook when we've, you know, had interactions. So there's nothing at all in any of her social media that even mentions her son at all. So I, I find that very odd. What information, Randy, do you have regarding the investigation itself and any type of uh, communication that Dewana would have had with the Livonia Police Department? To that point, I think it was the day after or two days after she took a polygraph test and failed it. Uh, she failed the first polygraph test, went back in and took a second, and she actually physically ripped the paper out of the polygraph machine because she did, she failed it a second time and then uh, left. Yeah, it, there is so many things out there that uh, that just point, I'm sorry, point to her, point to her 100%. There's nobody else that has any information about where this boy is. Um the things leading up to that, that's that's the whole point that's the mystery of, of everything is where was she the night before and up until the point where she said she got to the mall? Where was her son? Uh, there's a little bit of information out there. Uh, some of the reports that I've been able to get a hold of, I know from the Detroit Police Department, a lot of the stuff was blacked out. But uh, I did get a chance to talk to some of the detectives not too many years ago about the case who were on that, and there's they've they've even speculated as far as that the the child actually didn't belong to or was not the the man who met us uh, that day that it was not his child that it happened to be uh, the child of some guy that she was hanging out with who she just so happened to be with that evening. There's several stories that went around as that. Uh, uh, from the neighborhoods about uh, the guy that she was with didn't want any kids, so she got rid of him. I mean, obviously all speculation and just just rumors from around that part of town. But uh, yeah, nothing nothing else. There's nobody. There's been no ransom note. There's been no phone calls. Nothing. It's just been complete radio silence since the day it's happened. Locally, what are the rumors, and uh, what's some suspicions that you have had? Right, you know, the rumors that uh, she sold her child or gave her child to somebody you know that one was around a long time uh but you know for the longest time i believe that he was alive and now i mean there's so much time that's passed now yeah I, I don't believe he's alive i believe that this child's dead i don't i don't see how any other out outcome could be the truth at the moment any strange leads that you have come across through the website what's really strange is we did have um last year or two years ago we had somebody reach out to us and think that uh um, they were Dewan and that they didn't know who their parents were and they felt like their parents were lying to them. They felt like they were the son. They were Dewan Sims and they felt like they uh, looked very similar to him and, and 
they don't ha- they don't have a lot of recollection of their past, which we took that pretty seriously. I, I, I took all the information that we have and I forwarded it over to the Livonia Police Department. What happened with it at that point, um, I don't know, but uh, that's the only time anyone's actually come forward and said, hey, I believe I'm this child. But um, seeing as though we that was a while ago. I don't. Nothing ever came of it, so I doubt it was anything of substance. Randy, was there ever any other child abductions in that area during that time period? So, when it comes to other abductions in the area at the time, or even in the past, zero, none. There was there was absolutely nothing on on the radar of anyone ever being abducted in that city uh, on that scale, let alone a child, um, and anything up until this point. I mean, uh, never. There's never been anything that I know of, of of a child abduction in that city. But you do believe that her house was searched? Uh, yes. Yeah. The the she was definitely her house was searched. Uh, I know that there were people who lived right by her who who had recounted that you know the days that the the police were there going through the house and even after she moved out they went back through the house. Um, I don't know what time period that was, but I know that they did go through her house after she had moved out of it. There was a public rally or some type of candlelight vigil where we have Dewana Harris going on record and complaining that because of the Susan Smith case, now this mm-hmm. took place just months before Dewan went missing, she's claiming because Susan Smith was in the news that her son is not... They're not searching for Dewan the way that they should be. Yeah, correct. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, the Susan Smith case was taken up, uh, was brought up uh, right around that time was when, if I'm not mistaken, that was the case where um, Susan Smith had said that her child was abducted by an African-American gentleman, and uh, it really wasn't the case. She actually, I believe, drowned them or something of that sort. But, um, yeah, she... I believe she went on record saying that if this was the only reason that um, nobody's looking for her son or this doesn't have, um, you know, larger, larger outpouring of support was that it was a young black child and nobody was looking for him in a white city. It was something along that lines. I'm definitely paraphrasing, though. You have firsthand knowledge that law enforcement and the community was not taking this case lightly. Yeah, not at all. And I'm glad you hit on that, too, as well, because, I mean, they were out for us. The Livonia Police Department immediately, you know, uh, was working with the Detroit Police Department. If I'm not mistaken, that the Detroit Police, uh, Police Department also, that also then brought in the FBI. So you had, like, f- three different um, forms of law enforcement or districts or whatever it would be working on this case. Um, I know that uh, areas of Detroit, I even went on a couple, and we were walking down, I I didn't even have to do this, but volunteered to just go walk the railroad tracks looking around her area of her house looking for her son. Um, You know, at that point, obviously, the police were thinking that maybe somebody dumped him or she had possibly maybe done something with him. But, uh, you know, weeks had passed. People were still out looking for him. Um, one of the, I remember one night I was working in the mall, and some lady, I believe it was probably maybe like a week or two after this had taken place, uh, somebody had heard some gossip or thought they heard something on the news that he was found in a dumpster in the back of the mall, and a bunch of people started running towards the back of the mall and come to find out there was nobody out there. Uh, there was just a movie theater garbage or, um, um trash compactor that was back there and there was nobody out there they didn't find anything but somebody started almost like a little bit hysteria in the mall and like probably like 10 to 20 people were running through the mall trying to trying to go see if they they had found him in the back of a dumpster randy what if anything could have law enforcement done differently in this case you know I, i'm a firm believer if they had that um uh, some of the technology that we have today i i, I 
the the only thing I can say, and and this is not uh, against any of the police departments, is that I don't think that they were equipped for something like this happening. No one would have expected something like this to happen in a city like that. And I think that's maybe where any if any misstep was was taken, it was just that fact. Like nobody would have thought that would have happened there. Well, Randy, thanks for taking the time out to talk with us today, and thanks for your continued work on this case. Yes. Thank you, Randy, for all of your insights regarding the disappearance of Dewan Sims. You have a wonderful and happy Turkey day, my friend. You too. Thank you. This is one of those cases, captain, that once you, when you really start diving into the details, you really hope to find Hold on. Once you can get to the details, this was, one of the hardest cases, I mean, any of the research I did online, it was like uh, kind of fictitious stories, fake news everywhere. Well, you really hope that you can find somewhere in there that the mother is right, that what she's complaining about to the security and to the police department, what she's reporting to them, that it holds some truth. The fact of the matter is there's nothing there. There's no evidence that she was telling the truth at all that day. We have We have eyewitness testimony that states that that she didn't arrive at the mall when she said she arrived right? and that she was seen in the parking lot, pulling in and getting out of her vehicle without anybody with her, without a boy, a girl, anybody with her at all. Yeah. And I believe that there was more than two eyewitnesses, but there's at least two credible eyewitnesses that saw her get out of her car with nobody with her. And we also have a situation where we have her changing her story throughout the time that she's with the police officers. Mm-hmm. We have the police report that was taken that evening. Now what we might have some people that have reviewed that police report and they'll say, well, uh, Randy says that the security department was the one that notified the police. The police report, I believe states that Dewan's mother, I'm sorry, Dewana's mother, Beverly Harris called the police, right? It's very likely that both of them did. The fact of the matter is that no report states that Dewana Harris was the one that called police or states that, sh- that the police should be called. Yeah, and I don't know if that matters, but I think what matters here is the times that she is possibly lying, you know, or like people will say, well, maybe she didn't go into that entrance so she wouldn't have been seen on tape. Well, she says that she, you know, lost contact with her son somewhere in the mall. Again, mm-hmm. this there's no footage of this. There's no footage of her in that mall with her son. There's no eyewitness that can place her and her son in that mall. There's no footage of her entering the, the mall or the Target store in the entrance that she said on more than one occasion that she used. And what I mean by more than one occasion is she's gone, she's had to go through her story time and time again. And she will stick to one story until there's no video footage to corroborate that. Then once once that's pointed out to her, her story changes just a little bit. Mind yeah. you, she failed two lie detector tests within days yeah. of her son having gone missing. Yeah, and again, so if you want to make an excuse, you can say, well, maybe you chalk that up to nerves. But when you're pointing out people on surveillance cameras and claiming that's you and your mm-hmm. son, and they know that's not you, and then later on, the you know the cops have to point her out to her walking by herself. Um, the times never line up. Um, it's it's very fishy. It's it's you know to me, all the evidence points to that something happened, and this was her idea to cover it up. You're exactly right. This this looks to me like a pivot, Captain. Like something happened, 
I don't know if it was something on purpose or some type of accident, but something happened and then she had to pivot and she came up and presented this whole story of, you know, I'm going to take myself to the mall and I'm going to make it, I'm going to report that he went missing. He was walking with me through the stores, through the mall. And that's what happened to my son and to my little boy. Yeah. She wasn't truthful that day. She wasn't truthful afterwards. And when her story started to fall apart, what she ultimately did was she turned this around on the police and the community and both the police and the community had her back from the beginning. They wanted to believe her story. Well, they, we don't they wanted know. to look for an, an abductor. Yeah, but we don't know what the interactions are or were from the get go with the police officers. Well, what I do know is that they took her statements and they let her go at the end of the evening. Yeah, um, that that's a fact. Well, and, and we knew we know that they called in a bunch of backups, so they had a lot of officers at that mall looking for this child. Right. And but what I'm getting at here is when when she didn't tell the truth and when things didn't go her way and once they didn't look beyond her, she basically said, "You know what? They're screwing up this investigation. They're centering this thing around me. They're not handling this thing the right way. They're not looking for my boy because he doesn't look like the rest of this city." They're not doing everything that they can to find him. And we know that that's not the truth. There are plenty of police of newspaper reports, right? Third party reports that the Detroit police department was extremely active in the search for this little boy and active in the investigation into what could have happened with this little boy. Well, and if they weren't told lie after lie after lie, they might know where to actually look. We actually have uh, one statement that came from the Livonia Police Department to the media at the time that said this came out just before Christmas where the police department announced that they had received over 700 tips Mm -hmm. by the Christmas time. And since the boy had gone missing that they had paid out over $43,000 in mandatory overtime because of all the searches for the boy. And just because the holidays were coming up, the mandatory overtime would not end. They announced that their officers may have to see their families, um, may not get to see their families on the holidays or spend time with their families, that they would have to work that around this mandatory overtime while this investigation was still hot. I wonder if she picked them all as a cover-up story because her mother worked there. That's one thing. That, to me, almost seems like a dumb move on her part. And I don't think that Dewana Harris, I don't think she's stupid by any means. I think that she may have pulled something off and gotten away with something because I think she outsmarted a lot of us, even though we were suspicious of her. I think that was her one dumb move was going to where her mother worked at this part-time gig. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that out of all the people in her life and her son's life that would probably be really up in arms about this or be suspect of her, Mm -hmm. it'd be the mother, Mm -hmm. right? Her mother. So by having him supposedly go on, go missing where you work and where there's surveillance cameras that, you know, you're not going to focus on me. Well, from everything that I read, this is, this is what makes it a little tough for the investigators from everything that I read regarding this case was that Beverly, the grandmother, Dewana's mother, she was in full support of her daughter during the course of this whole investigation. Right. However, I do want to be very clear about this. Everything I read regarding Beverly, mm-hmm. the grandmother, she was extremely cooperative with the police. And she, she's the one that called the police. Right. She's the one that called the police. Her home was searched after uh, during this investigation as well. But 
where we remain to this day, Captain, basically the facts of this case are, are this. Dewan Sims was never seen on any of the surveillance footage from that day when he was reported missing. There is not one single person that has ever come forward stating that they saw Dewan at the reported location of his disappearance. There is currently no activity on this case. The Livona, the Livona Police Department, they still to this very day hold the belief that Dewan Sims was not at the mall that day that he was reported missing. Well, I think that's where all the evidence points. And I think if you're going to say otherwise, well, then you have to prove some evidence of that. Mm-hmm. And we also have the mother who failed two lie detector tests just days following him, him having been reported missing. There have never been any charges filed against anyone in this case. And Dewan's mother, Dewana, to this day maintains her innocence in this case. But it also seems to me, Captain, like this investigation, um, even though they left it open, it looks to me that because of the person that this should center around, when she up and left town, I think she left her son, her son's memory, and anything to do with him in the rear view that day. And when she left, I think every lead and any potential of possibly solving this case left with her that day. And I think we both agree for the most part on uh, the idea that when you have a missing child and the parents leave that town, it's very odd. Yeah. It's suspicious. It's not, it doesn't seem to be typical behavior. Now we do understand that sometimes people have to leave because of their jobs, because their families, other things pull them away to other cities. But nine times out of 10 captain, what we see is that a mother or a father, parents of people that disappear of children that go missing, They don't up and move, especially children that are of a young age, because their thought is, you know what? If he or she ever breaks free, if they have that moment with where they could get reach out to me, right? They'll come back to their home where they grew up, where they remember living. Or most of the time they don't even change their phone numbers Yeah, because for fear that one day, if they get the chance to pick up a phone and call and reach out for help. I better have that same phone number. I better be there to answer the phone or answer the door when my child, my missing child comes back for help and comes back to me. Now, if all this evidence is wrong, if there's a logical explanation for all this evidence, then I do feel for her. And that would make some logical sense on why she would want to move away and maybe why she doesn't have all these uh, things on her Facebook about her missing son, because basically all the fingers point towards her. And I'd like to tell you that there's a little light at the end of this tunnel, Captain. I don't see it here. I don't see this case getting solved. I mean, it's very strange that they've not recovered any remains that turned out to have been Dewan to this point. Right. I mean, we're over 20 years later. They have from time to time released, you know, the age progressed photos of what he may look like. But I just, I just don't see this one getting solved without any help from his mother without any help from Dewana or the, the close family members. There's a good chance that if anybody knows what happened, it's the mother, but there's also the potential that somebody else in that family might know something, right? That maybe she told somebody. And without that information, I just don't see getting the break in the case that this thing needs. How about a little recommended reading captain? All right, hit me. Okay, here we go. This one is This one has been long awaited for, and I highly recommend this one. It's called Member of the Family, and this is by Diane Lake. Who is Diane Lake? Mm -hmm. Well, she is the youngest member of the Manson family. And Charles Manson just uh, 
died. In late 1967, at the young age of 14, Diane Lake became one of Charlie's girls, fully recruited and fully accepted into the Manson family. She was with she was in the family for about two years, and she described the mixture of sexual manipulation, psychological control, and physical abuse that came with being a member of the family. She also talks about Charles Manson's true nature. Diane did not participate in the gruesome murders committed by the members of the family, but some of the members confessed to her. Following her arrest, she was able to transform trauma into triumph, finding the courage to face Manson and testify against him in court. Do yourself a favor and check out Member of the Family by Diane Lake. And for holiday gifts, if you want to check out our website, truecrimegarage.com, if you click on our store page, we have the new logo shirts, plus I ordered a new batch of the Parts Unknown shirts and another round with different colors of the Douche Canoe shirts, so check those out. All right, here's the moment where we give thanks. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank everybody for telling a friend and for subscribing to the show. Everybody have a very safe and happy Thanksgiving. Until next week, we will see you back here in the garage. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.